I always have a joke. If there's two Asian people in a show, they can't stand next to each other because then it becomes the K&I. You are listening to Include This Podcast, a show about the untold stories of people of color and underrepresented groups in the entertainment industry and beyond. I am your host, Christina Nieves. Today on Include This Podcast, I'm talking with Olivia Aguma, Jeffrey Omura, and James Soule, three Asian-American actors based in New York City. But before we get into that, time for a pop quiz. What do the movies Aloha, Breakfast at Tiffany's, Ghost in a Shell, Doctor Strange, The King and I, and The Great Wall all have in common? answered, gross appropriation of Asian culture and or whitewashing of Asian characters, gold star for you. If you've been paying attention for the last, oh, say, 80 to 100 years, you're probably aware that Hollywood has been doing the Asian American community a huge disservice for a long time. And Hollywood is not alone, of course. TV and theater are right along there with them. Fun fact, Did you know that only five Asian actors have ever won a Tony Award, while 28 white actors have won Tonys in plays that feature Asian themes or a majority Asian cast? Ain't that some shit? Asian American stars like Constance Wu and Mindy Kaling, Aziz Ansari, and John Cho, who, by the way, I actually got to act with recently, and he was so gentlemanly and very nice. Maybe I have a thing for guys named John. Anyway, all these actors are using their fancy star power and speaking out about the need for more Asian representation in media. Thanks to them and countless others who have been fighting the good fight for decades, there seems to finally be some change happening. The hilarious ABC sitcom Fresh Off the Boat is now in its third season. Masters of None just dropped season two. We got Asian Power Rangers and Trekkies and superheroes, and I am here for all of it. Now, before we get any further into this thing, I want to say at the top, please subscribe to the show, yo. Seriously, press pause, go to iTunes, click the little subscribe button. It takes two seconds, and it's the best way to support Include This Podcast. Got it? Did you do it? Okay, good. Now, let's get on with the episode. Being Asian American is similar to being Latinx in the sense that we all stand under this umbrella label that actually holds so many different cultures and languages and races and experiences. And like we discussed in the Latinx episode, sometimes there is frustration when we feel like we're all being lumped together. Call a Cuban Mexican. See what happens. Actually... Don't. I'd rather you stay alive. I asked Olivia, James, and Jeffrey how they feel about Asian actors playing a character with an ethnicity that's different than their own. For example, if a Japanese actor played a Chinese character. And honestly, this group was all about the solidarity. 
and it was pretty refreshing. You'll hear Jeffrey talk first, then James, followed by Olivia. You know, it is an, an enormous community, and I think right. we're stronger when we stand together. And so mm-hmm. it tends to be the, – the people in the community tend to be very inclusive. So it's like, oh, you you know, you consider yourself Asian? Great. Well, we'll yeah. grab on to yeah, you. Yeah, right. yeah, that's true. And actually at this point too, I, I feel like for the most part, you know, if someone who is – an Asian-American actor who's, who might not be Filipino but is cast in a Filipino role or a role where this person has to portray someone who happens to be Filipino – uh, I don't think there's a lot of ill will. Meaning, no. you know, I mean, I th- you, yeah, yeah. That's always an intimidating thing when you are one ethnicity and you're you've been cast to play mm-hmm. another. Mm-hmm. Yes, and you want to do justice to that, you know, right, right, to that character uh, because you know that that character is representing an entire people yeah. that you may not come from. Right. Um, you know, so I've I've you know I'm half Japanese, half white, and I've never played that. But I've played Chinese. I've played Filipino. I, I feel like the next 10, 15 years should be pretty interesting mm-hmm. as far as what's going to become acceptable. What's, you know, will it be – will it continue to be sort of relatively accepted 10, 15 years from now for uh, a non – an Asian-American but non-Japanese person to portray a Japanese character in a play or in TV? Right. But right. as a community – I'm asked to play all sorts of different ethnicities all right. the time. It's like we – at a certain point, yeah. we just have to say, you know, we're in this together. Olivia and Jeffrey bonded over their shared experience of having to act in languages that they don't speak and feeling the pressure to honor a culture that may not be their own. Apparently, that's a pretty common thing asked of Asian-American actors, at least in this group brought a whole new meaning to fake it till you make it. The thing for me is, like, usually if they ask me to speak the language fluently, that's where I'm like, well, right. I don't speak that language fluently. Meaning of right. a, a character who is yeah. a different ethnicity. Like, I have, I have interesting <clears throat> feelings about trying... If it's, like, a, a couple words here or there, I can do, I'll learn it and do it. But if right. it's, like, Chinglish, I'm like, well, I think there's people who actually speak yeah. these languages fluently who should have these parts. You right. know? Yeah. I, <laughs> yes. Well, I so is that where play... you is that where you would like draw the line? Yeah. 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 I because I yeah and I yeah, I think so because yeah. I just also think it would not be doing service to this the play in right. any way, shape, or form if I just try and go learn Mandarin and Cantonese in a rehearsal process and do Chinglish. Right. And I also don't think anyone would think that would be okay you're you're taught to always say oh yeah i can do that and then figure it out yeah um i want you know i once played a japanese character and the the whole all of his dialogue was in japanese and so i just learned how to pronounce it and faked it the best i could but you know every night on stage i'd look out and every time i'd see an asian face in the audience i'd be thinking oh no they know they know I'm a fraud. Mm. I've had those moments. Mm. Too. Oh wow, that's really interesting. I I did a reading, like a two week workshop, and I had to speak Cantonese, and I didn't know until I got there. Mm. And everyone in the show was Chinese, and um, even those who didn't speak Cantonese spoke Mandarin, which I know is completely different. But I'm I had no I have no basis for that language, so I why not feel right? <laughs> I feel you. like You're I Asian. basically. <laughs> Well, I spent the two weeks just being like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, because it was also this monologue that would, where a lot of important things happened. Anyway, they're, they're doing this show at CTG, and they like, it was on the breakdowns or something, and I just said, no, I'm not going to go in. I think I, I might have even had an audition, and I just said, you know, here's why. 
And my agent was like, but, but, and I was like, no, honestly, like, it's not. And if they end up using someone who is influent, I, that's, if they're more comfortable, it was not a comfortable situation for me. So I've, I've done that. You know, I've had to go, no, because I just, I just couldn't, I was like, no, I could. And yeah. Yeah. And they hired someone who does actually speak that language and that's great, you know, but yeah. it was, yeah, it's something for that particular, that particular one just didn't, I couldn't. Also, that's such an interesting shared experience of having to yeah. write stuff out phonetically. <laughs> and just so you, like, ro- oh you, you put it in, in English, right? All the sounds and stresses and things like that. And you have to sort of learn it that way. But it's just a curiosity that a lot of uh, fellow Asian American actors, including all of us in this room, have, have had that experience mm-hmm. of having to sort of fake our way through a language. The the question of integrity of when the actor says to himself or herself, you know, this is not right for me. Right. I, I can't I I can work hard at certain things but but certain key elements just won't actually ever be right for who I am. And so to be able to say yes or, or well no to a yeah. particular project and to have a, have that internal barometer uh, and I'm curious about whether or not people can engage that internal barometer, make the right uh, um, decisions with integrity without having to th- – without letting things cloud their vision, meaning like, I need this job. You know, mm-hmm. I need... Yeah. And so this yeah. is – this is a, a trick. This is something I actually think about quite often. You well, know? It's, it's hard to turn down job opportunities. Yeah. yeah. We spent some time dishing about the worst, most prevalent Asian stereotypes that these actors face. Here's what they said. Connected to that model minority thing about, like, not being flawed, really, in any Mm -hmm. way. So not being able to investigate in stories, Mm -hmm. like, things Mm -hmm. that, Mm -hmm. you know, the negative things that just tend to happen in all human Mm -hmm. beings' lives, um, or that can happen, um, regard, right, regardless right. of race or ethnicity. Yeah. There's not an opportunity to investigate those kinds of things that make all human beings human. Mm-hmm. Um, and given the sort of breakdown descriptions that Olivia was just describing, that all sort of lends itself, all those descriptions, like hyper-focused, really intelligent, <laughs> really bright, like all of those things lend, all those descriptors lend themselves to this idea that this person is just kind of, perfect super yeah, yeah exceptional right and it's not very I'm not, creative it's well yeah but, it, you but know, it's, it's like it's, okay this in here, the yeah. same way it's damning it's as damning as saying someone is awful terrible you know meaning yeah. these descriptions right. that end that end that person do you know what i mean yes like, there's not a, a potential for a journey there. Right. Know? It's just you are these That's things. That's so interesting. Yeah. It's almost like the opposite, you know, the opposite stereotype that I feel like black male actors have had yes. to combat mm-hmm. for exactly. yeah. so many yeah. years. It's like all like yeah. the total yeah, other end of the spectrum. Yeah. Of it. yeah, that's like right. You're presented Meaning, as sterile. You're presented as... Yeah, and just this thing, this one job or one mm-hmm. demographic point, mm-hmm. and that's all you get. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As opposed to a story where we unpeel layers of this person and discover right. all, all these all kinds of things right. that make that person the particular person tick. I think like sexless that. is a, actually something yeah. too for no, a lot, especially for Asian American men, and actually the polar opposite for Asian American women, yes, where they yes. are purely sort of objects, and then Asian American men or Asian men 
just would never be interested in sex or that's not a thing that's on that particular menu mm-hmm. <laughs> for that particular demographic. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's something that's... Uh, that's definitely a thing. Of course, it wasn't long before the conversation turned to the prevalence of whitewashing in Hollywood and why these white actors were just not raised right and don't know how to act. Matt Damon, I'm talking to you. You know, we would all rather see someone who's, you know, half Chinese playing the role Emma Stone played. It was she supposed to be half Filipino? What was she supposed to be? Yeah, you know? I think like I would have. We would have settled right? for anyone who was any yeah. any smidgen of actual Asian to right. play that part rather than her. Sure, you know really what I mean? Point. So like, you know, that's that's a very um yeah that it's <laughs> not to just jump right into that, but like really. So, you know, I feel like with these movie star examples, I mean, not that I know any of these movie stars personally. <laughs> right. and, and Let me what call this is, yeah, Emma. Let me call Emma and congratulate call her Tilda. last night. Yeah, right? congrats, Tilda. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, but I imagine when a movie director hands you a role, you're probably just going to be like, yeah, sure, why not? But that's so interesting to me because I'm like, it, uh, I, I can almost, uh, I can understand it so much more and have so much empathy for like, working actors at our level who like you said sometimes it is really just about the survival when you're have that amount of platform and privilege and that many scripts coming across your desk and that much money like what excuse you know i have no empathy that's that's that that's what i you know always thought about that emma stone thing was like well emma stone i mean let's that was really emma stone had a choice and she chose afterwards she didn't know it was bad right girl well and then here's she was like i didn't know is that this the specific history of caucasian actors attempting to portray other ethnicities is a historical Yes, problem. there is a legacy of yeah, whitewashing. Exactly. I mean, starting with, you know, with blackface all the way through to, you know, the most that most recent example with mm-hmm. um, Emma Stone in that movie. I can't remember what the title of Aloha. 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 And her right. last name was like Ning, right? Yeah. Something Ning, right? like that. Yeah. Vietnamese yeah. yeah. last name wasn't yeah. even like. Yeah. And so to <laughs> not. Yeah. Yeah. So to sort of be blithely oh. unaware of that history is just interesting to mm-hmm. me. I mean, I guess. It does speak a little bit to privilege because if you're part of a, major, uh, a majority mm-hmm. ethnicity, you don't necessarily – you're not uh, convicted to think about right. these right. ideas that come from a much more minority perspective. While we were talking about this, I made a comment about how I felt like the whitewashing of Asian stories is at an all-time high right now. But then Jeffrey got me all the way together and (laughs) made me realize that actually this, of course, has been happening all along. And we're all now just getting hit to it. I feel like that's the way it's always been in Hollywood. Hmm. But it's only in the last few years that the Asian American community has stood up and said, we're right. not going to tolerate this right. anymore. Right. I think right. that's absolutely and right. And that's, that's, why that's why the conversation is so much bigger around these issues because we're not going to put up with it anymore. And also now we have the clout to get mainstream publications like the New York Times and the Washington mm-hmm. Post writing about these issues. Whereas before, that was never on their radar. They, you know, it's not something they were interested in. As an industry, we're all slowly becoming woke to these holes in our consciousness and problems of inclusion in the stories we tell, which is a great thing. 
but sometimes it can leave actors of color feeling unsure or even straight-up suspicious about people's motives when they are included. Is it truly a sign of progress or just an empty gesture? I feel like, in a sense, there's been a push to, like, be more diverse, I, I guess. But I still feel... Do you mean in, like, theater in programming? Theater, yeah, there's like definitely... programming a season? But I still have, I still have a feeling... Like it's all, but it's it's become that people are becoming more conscientious. But sometimes I do feel like I'm still just getting seen so that they can say they saw somebody Asian, so but I'm not really box, yeah. considered because that happens a lot. I go in for plays a lot where I am like the only one, and I'm like I don't really feel like I'm being considered. I feel like you're you're wanting to say that you saw someone. You like know, they'll be nice to you and polite in the room. Really and, polite. And, yeah, mm-hmm. but thank you so much for coming. It's <laughs> right, like, but, you're right. but you don't feel like walking out of that experience. You don't feel like you've got a shot. I don't feel like I was really a contender. Like no, you know, and right. um, so I think though I do. I think things are getting better. I mean, I'm so overjoyed now to just be at a point in my life too where I can turn on the TV and see Fresh Off the Boat and Doctor Ken. I mean, like. That blows my mind because mm-hmm. when I was little, no one on the TV looked like me. I see plays all the time that have a cast of all white people, and I'm like, oh god, I wish I could be in that, but I know why I'm not, you know. And they, and it's not even they, it's not even, it's just like there are certain things that you just know. Oh, if that person wrote it, it's not going to have any diversity. Or maybe if that co- you know? theater company, is or if doing that it, theater mm-hmm. company, like know. there are just, I mean, yeah. without without naming names. Olivia and I know. saw each other in an audition recently, and we're looking at the photos on the, on wall, the wall of the theater of oh their past productions, gosh. and you just couldn't find there a person of color. You couldn't wow. find anyone who wasn't not like. Blonde. I mean, it was literally like a. <laughs> it was just like we, an area. We found in the wall one of... person. Finally, um, we found someone who was Indian on the wall, and it was just. But it was shocking. But then it was good. We were there because we were like, oh, they're trying. But it was really. Awkward. But you do go into mm-hmm. that situation where it's like, well, they have a history of only hiring white people. Yeah. So are they seriously considering right. us for right. these roles, right. or is this just right. pretend? Exactly. Is this right. Just exactly. for show. Right. And then. What was the magical shift? Like, was it all this mm-hmm. clamor that ha- has been happening recently? What was the mm-hmm. sort of come to Jesus moment where they were like, mm-hmm. right, "Oh, maybe right. we should see people." That, uh, I don't. I don't. There was this. Change is a funny thing. You have to constantly be pushing and demanding and challenging the status quo in order to keep progress moving and make true change happen. But on the flip side, it can also be good to look back and reflect on how far we've come and really feel gratitude for those hard-won victories. It's the age-old debate. Should we be happy with what we got or focus our energy on all the ways we could make it better? It's baby steps, We can't, you know, (laughs) we can't. We, we can't ask for perfection when we have nothing. You right, know? right. We've got to we, – we're, we're slowly getting there. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's a question all the time when you see an Asian character on TV and it's, you know, slightly offensive. And, well, it's like should we be complaining about this or we're should just we just be grateful that they right. exist in the first place? And I think, I think it's we've both. We've we've finally it's... gotten to the point now where it's like, no, we we can demand yeah. characters with agency, characters yeah. with romantic lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I, know I that's think true. at this point it is both. Like we can be grateful that there's another Asian American actor working on TV or film or whatever, but then also be like, yeah, we need more. Mm-hmm. Right, like yeah, it's both. There was yeah. a line in the show that I just did recently: when you're begging for crumbs, you don't curse out the guy with the bread. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, and but but I think we're getting to the point now where we're also like, oh yeah, we do deserve to like play characters that are that are have an emotional life and have like mm-hmm. a story and aren't just you know there to like deliver the food or right. do the dry cleaning uh, it's a double edged sword because I I know that I you know sometimes you you don't get the roles that you do because of the way you look like but then you do get the roles right. that you do because of what you look like so if I didn't look like this I don't know what my career would be mm-hmm. I, Right. I would right. surely I'd be playing different roles, but I don't know what those roles would be. But are there roles that you wish that you were playing that oh, you of feel course. like yeah. you don't play because of the way you look or because people know that you're half Japanese? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, like, but it, but that's starting to change now. Mm-hmm. Um, just in the last couple of years, I feel like uh, in the TV world, they're starting to consider people who look like us to play mm-hmm. leading roles. Whereas that yeah. didn't that didn't happen before. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, right. And you know, we'd be grateful to get a supporting role. And now suddenly I'm getting yeah. called in for the leading man role. And it's like, oh, is this is this for real? Or are you just ticking off that box yeah, to say that you I feel like we reached a turning point last year when I was you know, I was looking at TV and suddenly we had three Asian Amer- Asian American male actors playing romantic leads on television. Mm. You had Stephen Ewan on The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Mm, right. You had Conrad Ricamora on How to Get Away with Murder. And you had Vince Rodriguez in, in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yeah. Right. That was huge when suddenly, I, you know, right, right. growing up, there were no Asian Americans on TV, yeah. let alone in romantic lead roles. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And suddenly right. we're being viewed as, as char- you know, with characters with agency, characters who have romantic lives, who have sex lives. Yeah. It's enormous. Yeah. It's a total game changer. Right. I mean, I in the same vein of like I love tell I love telling Asian stories, but I also love when I get to exist just as a person and that's not my story. Like I, I did snow falling on Cedars. It was the most incredible experience that I've had in theater, I think. But I also, you know, did a play called Loose at L C T where I got to just sit there and talk about um you know, and talk and didn't ever have to say anything about, didn't talk about being Asian, didn't have an Asian name. It was like this, you know, thing. But it was also very clear to me that it was, that it happened because the playwright said, I want this character to be Asian. You know, I want this character to be Asian. Please make this character Asian. And it actually resulted in him giving her an Asian last name eventually because that way they could, no one can ever actually cast someone who isn't Asian in the part. It, which is which is which was something that was like a light bulb moment yeah. too. I was like, oh wow, because he's like, yeah, because if you if you don't specify that in that way, it's it won't happen yep. every time. And um, or if, ever if you leave it open yeah, and just it say open, it can be anything, open to right. all ethnicity. That's it, the, all ethnicities. It will lean in one sometimes direction. just means yeah. white, and that's mm-hmm. I actually yeah. saw in a breakdown once. All ethnicities welcome, but Caucasian preferred. I swear, I saw that. I wow. saw, and it made me. But it was like, well, thanks for telling it like it is, because I know that I, I, you know what I mean. Right. But but <laughs> like it's you're great. Most likely cast yeah. Yeah. Actors, yeah. So, but I, but I think that yeah, that was like a, it was really special to just kind of like come on stage and have a scene and then leave, and it was not about 
mm-hmm. internment, and it wasn't a, you know, it was, <laughs> I didn't have like a rice paddy hat on, I was right, I went through this whole crisis, like, who am I, right. and then I was like, wait, I'm existing like, you're just being, I'm a being human me, being, I'm like, right. you know, I'm, a, you know, I'm feeling, yeah, so that was cool, that was very cool. There is a responsibility, a really lovely and powerful responsibility to portray and seek out and maybe even initiate stories based on the way that I look and all of the things that all the both positive and negative baggage that that sort of entails, but Mm -hmm. then also to seek out things that have nothing to do with my nationality or ethnicity Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. or my parents' nationality and and, um, race. In case you've been living under a rock, and if you are, I really don't blame you, things feel pretty damn tense in America right now. And being an artist has always been a tough road to walk down. But in today's political climate, it can feel especially challenging to stay motivated and forward-moving. I was having a conversation (laughs) recently with um, a a colleague, uh, and we were just doing this silly cabaret thing um i shouldn't say silly i should say silly and lovely other people might hear and she was saying you know isn't it great that we get to do this and this is our contribution and you know we're going to put beauty into the world and this is the way that we fight back and i i turned to her and said no i said no you're it's great to contribute and i don't know if you guys will agree with me with this or not but it's great to add beauty into the world i'm not um, in any way diminishing that. However, we're just doing our job here. This is not activism. We're we're doing a show and we're making people happy and giving them a moment of escape. But that's not activism. We're just doing our jobs. We're just doing our work. Like Activism actually means proactively seeking out opportunities to proactively and um, aggressively change, change the world. And uh, so we got into a little bit of an argument and I I do. F- I stick. I stand by my definition that just because we do this work, as lovely and as even as important as it can be, mm-hmm. depending on what a particular production, play, movie, television show, whatever, whatever that particular message might be, it's still ultimately at the the end of the day our job. And I think an extra step, or maybe even series of steps, needs to be taken if we want to call the stuff that we do, activism, or to be activist in what we do. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. After the election, I had a, a little bit of a crisis just wondering, you know, am I doing enough in this world? Is mm-hmm. being an actor in New York City enough? <laughs> right. Um, because, you know, I come from a suburban town in Michigan, and I know that my voice and my art would make a much larger difference. It would be a much larger contribution there than it would be here. You know, I feel like here we get a little drowned out because there are so many artists trying to trying to create art. Um, but uh, there is, you know, if, if we look at last night's Academy Awards and the fact that Moonlight won that is culturally transformative. Yes, that is enormous that a movie about a, a gay black boy won the Academy Award for Best yeah. Picture. And to have the entire world see that and to have that story legitimized. Yeah. And, to, and for every young, you know, for every gay black boy in this country to see that yeah. and, to, and to be validated in that way. 
that's the power that our, our art has. And as Asian American performers, to have the opportunity to tell the stories that only we can tell, mm. I feel like that's our contribution. I guess I just feel that as an actor, I feel like it, it can't necessarily, it doesn't, it shouldn't, it doesn't, it, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily stop there, I guess. Um, no, I get exactly what you're saying. It can be a part of a exactly really yeah. vibrant production of something that can actually start to infuse narrative ideas in people's minds and actually start to maybe even change things. Um, but then audiences go home, and then we go home, and it just it does feel something about that feels a little um, passive. I guess, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think whatever opportunities that that actors can find to capitalize on their given talents to be more proactive and aggressive, I think it's always good. You know, just because we're artists and we have a message to to contribute to the conversation doesn't you know that's it doesn't mean that that's enough. That w you know we still have to yeah. be engaged citizens. Yeah. Right. There's right. still a exactly. lot of other responsibilities yeah. you have as a, as a citizen. Yeah. You know to vote yeah. to make sure other people vote right. to c contact your representatives um, and you know one of the most frustrating things is when someone will say oh well you're just an actor or you're just a right. celebrity you know why should i listen to you it's because i'm a citizen right. i'm a citizen of this country and we all have a voice you don't have to listen to me but if i have a platform in which i can yeah. i can give my opinion, if I can help a situation somehow with my voice, then, yeah, I'm going to give it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In our industry, directors and casting folks feel like they need to know which boxes to check for you and which boxes to put you in. This kind of labeling and typecasting and basically racial profiling is a very real thing. Sometimes they try to be crafty with it and try to find out your ethnicity and age in creative ways. And sometimes they just come right out and ask you. I'm going to end today's episode with this amazing audition story from Jeremy. He said it was one of his worst auditions, but I think it's probably one of his best. Let's see what y'all think. Now I'm just not good natured about it at all. What do you <laughs> say? I don't, you know, I've been around long enough. It's like I don't care. Yeah. I don't. I don't care. You need to know this is illegal. I'm gonna make sure you know what this you is say? illegal. Well, the last time it happened, it actually hasn't happened in a while, fortunately. But the last time it happened, I was checking in at, um, you know, I was just signing in, signing my name in, and the uh, the assistant was there at the desk, and she looked at my name and she said, "Omura, hmm." Where's that from? And I said, I looked at her straight in the eye and I said, you're not allowed to ask me that question. And I filled out, you know, my information. I sat down. I'm sitting in a waiting room full of other Asian actors. And finally, the casting director comes out of the room and her assistant grabs her and points at me. And she says, there he is. Oh, my God. And the casting director says, excuse me, uh, what's your background? <laughs> And I s looked at her and I said, you're not allowed to ask me that question. And she said, well, you know, we're looking for Chinese actors and you don't look Chinese to me. So what's your background? And I said, Yikes. I need you to understand that under local, state and federal law, <laughs> 
it is illegal to ask me that question. So you need to protect yourself. And, you know, suddenly she got uncomfortable as she realized that I wasn't playing around. Right. And she said, oh, well, I, I just didn't want to waste your time. You know, I just know that's what the director is looking for. And, you know, I, I, I don't want you to, to sit here if, if you're not right for the role. And, and this, I said, she said all this while you were in the waiting room? Oh, in the waiting room. Like in front of all these other actors. For a commercial, I think I yeah. remember the story. In yeah, front, yeah, of, yeah, in front yeah. of all these yeah. other actors. Yikes. And I said, you know what? I think I'm going to go. <laughs> And I grabbed uh, my bag and I walked out. Good for you. Yeah, and I, you know, I called up my agent as soon as I got outside to tell her what happened. And the casting director had already called my agent to apologize. Isn't that the best story ever? <laughs> I wish I could have seen the look on that dusty white lady's face. Oh, I just love it when actors stand in their full strength and tell some dummy where they can stick it. And on that righteous note, thank you to Olivia, Jeffrey, and James for your time and your insight. I know I learned a lot and I laughed even more. You three are gorgeous and talented and this business is made better because you all are in it. So keep on keeping on. If you connected with today's episode and like what we've been doing at Include This Podcast, please take the time to share it with a friend. And of course, subscribe on iTunes. Extra good karma if you rate and review us. Si se puede, mis amores, so make it happen. Our show is recorded at CDM Studios in New York, New York. Thank you for listening to Include This Podcast. Until next time, stay encouraged, keep making art, and don't take no shit. <laughs>